This is episode 30 for 10 minute tips to teach music. Welcome to 10 minute tips to teach music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 30 of 10 minute tips to teach music. So today I'm going to talk about paperless processes. Now all teachers struggle with the dreaded paper process. We've got so many processes in our day-to-day -day life that trying to streamline can be quite scary. What if you miss something in the changeover? That could prove to be really catastrophic. So where does one start to become paperless? Well first of all slowly would be my recommendation. I truly don't think you ever will be paperless but you can definitely reduce your reliance on some things to make life a little more streamlined. I am and I will always be a teacher who has lists, but I don't have to have heaps of post-it notes around the place. I've managed to reduce a lot of that, so where did I start? Well, I began by getting rid of the daily diary or the teacher diary. I know, you're thinking to yourself, but how am I going to know what to teach when? That's a bit scary, getting rid of the teacher diary. Plus, it puts a number of businesses out of whack. But, nonetheless, I did get rid of the teacher diary. Now, let's dissect what was in my teacher diary. So, I used it for recording who I was teaching, when I was teaching them, and what I was teaching them. I used to record interviews with parents. I used to mark the role. I used to have unit plans, and I used to have overall calendar entries for the year. Now, a lot of that stuff I moved elsewhere. Um, but the most important part were for me was overall calendar entries and recording who I was teaching when I was teaching them and what I was doing. So those were the two most important things. For me it all started with the calendar. I stopped using the diary and started using my electronic calendar attached to my work email which syncs to my phone and my iPad. Now at the end of each year I'd put in all the important dates for the faculty like when the reports are due, our concert events, our rehearsals, um, large school events, uh, things that would disrupt our day, uh, if any of the staff were out in my faculty. So I'd put all that in and with things like reports I'd backlog when to start writing them. So I'd look at when they were due to the head teacher and I would say okay well the staff need to start writing those reports a week earlier. All right, we'd put in all the assessments when they needed to be prepped, when the, when the students needed to have the notifications, we would put in when they started to talk about the exam. So that was all put in for year 7 through to 12. And that made a huge difference. That planning was, was paramount in knowing what was happening when. Now, I used to put in my classes and I used to actually log what I was going to do with them but that was really hard I couldn't see the struggle I could like I couldn't see the plan and I struggled with it so I moved away from that plus it was really time consuming and I couldn't deal with that so what I did was I started using something called what I call a year level workbook or a year level workflow book um, and for me this was a game changer so basically I have a notebook for each year that I teach so I have one for year 11 one for year 12 one for year 9 one for year seven, all of the year seven classes I teach and one for all of the year eight classes I teach. Now in that notebook I put the program, the term by term outline, so 
that I've done, any notes or things I've given to the kids. I also put in interviews with parents. I put in notes about classes and the student behaviour, conversations with students. I put in copies of any important emails that I get so that it's kind of all together in one diary, I suppose, for that class. When I started doing that, I found this to be really liberating. I didn't need to lug a diary around. I just picked up the yearbook for that grade. I walked into my class, had all my notes, all my lesson plans. Everything was all included in there. So I knew what I was doing. And this was really good for the kids too. If we had a discussion about senior composition, for example, and I was on a one-to-one session with a student, I'd make notes in this book. And then they would take a picture. And if they needed to see it again, well, they could come and see me anytime if they lost the picture. But I also use these books to leave work for classes. So if I'm away, instead of leaving an instruction sheet sitting on my desk um, for the casual teacher, then I would just write the instructions in the book. And then the teacher would, I'd ask them to leave me notes about what happened to the class. And this was a great system because I never lost a book. Um, I never lost the work. You know how you come back from a casual, from being away and the casuals had your classes and you've got to scan your desk and try and find the stuff that you left for the kids to see A, whether it was done, B, whether it was done well. And in actual fact, a lot of times, whether it was done. So um, this was great because it was all in that book. Uh, planning for registers, uh, getting registering for my classes was really easy because it was all in this book. So I didn't have to worry. So every class had one. And in my efforts to go paperless, I can't see myself stopping the use of those books. I might reduce the use of those books. I might not use them as much and rely on them as I shift from various other things. But as a teacher, I'm always going to love books and I'm always going to love writing in them. And it's something that we need to promote with the students. I find this really useful and I wouldn't want to get rid of it. As part of my school's move to technology, all teachers received an iPad. Now, by the time this came in, I'd already been using my own iPad to navigate through my day. So I was already quite comfortable with some of the apps um, that I think are quite useful. When you think about your day, it's about dealing with things on the fly. For example, I'd be in class and a student would say to me, Miss, can you remember to bring that Beethoven score for me? Or Miss, can I see you in period four for a tutorial? In the past, I'd have to write a note in my diary or on a scrap of paper or on a posty note. And when I moved away from that, I wrote it in their year level workbook. But of course, unless I took the book home or I referred to it after class, I wouldn't remember it. So then I started emailing myself to remind myself to do things. However, I get over 100 emails a day. So some days I'd get home from work and I wouldn't actually look at my email because I've gotten home far too late. Rehearsal didn't finish till half past six. By the time I get home, it's half past seven. Got to eat, got to prep the next day. You're in bed, you know. So this wasn't working. These strategies were not working. So how did I deal with it? Well, what I did was I would put any appointment with a student straight in my diary, like in my calendar, my electronic calendar, because I always have my iPad with me. So with the other things, there's an app on the iPad called Reminders. Now, it's standard with all iPads. It's not the one attached to the calendar. Okay, it's a separate standalone app, and it's called Reminders. And you can, anything you need to remember or anything I needed to remember, I'd put in that app and I'd put it on the day that it was due. So if a kid was coming to see me period four on the 3rd of November, which a lot of my students will um, organise the appointment in advance, so I put it on the 3rd, I'd schedule it for the 3rd of November. And then what I would do is I got into the habit of checking those reminders, that, that particular iPad app. So I'd open it in the morning, I'd open it before I went to bed, 
to make sure that it had things that I was dealing with. And I'll tell you what, that was so much better than opening your email. Because when you open your email and there's over 100 of emails there, you feel like you've, you haven't done anything. You feel like there's so many things left to do. However, by opening a small app and you can see on oh, today I just need to do this, it made it a lot easier. Now speaking of email, one of the other things is you need to have a productive method of email triage. Email is just like an emergency centre at a hospital. If you've, I've read all sorts of blogs about this and it's taken me quite some time to develop a process that works for me. So you might find this one useful. But this is my email triage. So step one, I start to, to think about my inbox simply as an inbox, not an action box. That's really important. Emails come in and they go somewhere else for an action or solution. Um, just like triage in an emergency room. When you go into an emergency room, somebody sees you and then you get moved on to the next place. Same thing. So step two, I worked out what action folders I needed uh, and I would label them. For example, I have different categories for the ones at work. So I have an action printing, I have uh, which is things that just need to be printed. So they're sitting in my inbox and I just need to print them. And so if I whack them in there, they're off there out of the inbox and when I get to printing, I can do it then. Calls, obviously these are calls to parents, event organisers, businesses. I have excursions. So messages relating to those events. Instrument hire, because that's one of the areas that I deal with. Facebook, any email that has information on it that needs to go on the Facebook page, it goes in there. Feedback, so if I need to do any feedback for some emails for students, it'll go in there. And then the most important one is probably the waiting for, which I'll explain in a minute. Now there's, these are the main ones. There's a bunch of others, but they're the main ones. So these are action folders, not location folders. So at the start of the day, I spend 10 minutes sorting all the emails that have come in overnight and I put them into these action folders so that when I sit down to my desk and the emails start coming in for the day, I've got a clean inbox. Anything that takes a 10-second response, I'll action immediately, so I'll respond. But generally, everything ends up in one of my action boxes. Then at some point on the calendar, I schedule when to deal. For example, at the start of the day, I clear the email then I print the things in the printing folder. Once they're printed, they get moved or deleted. So they get shifted to another location. In a free period, I'll schedule a calls folder. Once again, they have to be, once they're dealt with, they get moved or deleted. Any email that I send that requires a response from someone else before I can move forward goes to waiting for. This is the most important in uh, action box you can create. All right, because if you're waiting for somebody to respond to an email, and it's sitting in your inbox, you could have 35 of those things sitting there. Get them out, stick them in a waiting for folder. I check that email every two days just to double check that I haven't missed any follow-ups. Now this system works really well for me and I get over 100 emails a day, I truly do. That's just with work and with the business and everything else. So give it a go. So there's just a couple of ideas on maybe how to go paperless in a couple of areas. Uh, I am going to do another session on this uh, later on in the year. So keep posted and we look forward to uh, catching up with you at the next podcast. You've been listening to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's Kerry Lacey.